Welcome to our podcast today. I am, again, so glad that you're here. I know I keep saying that over and over, but if I'm not anything else in life, I am repetitive, okay? <laughs> and being repetitive is good. It is good to be, you know, um, to repeat things over and over and over. I know it can get obnoxious at times, but it is a godly attribute, you know, God intends on us doing some things over and over and over again. In fact, God is the God who decided that the sun would come up every day in a predictable time and go down, and the moon and the cycles, the lunar cycles, and, you know, the uh, all of the stars in heaven, everything moves in a predictable pattern. God has, you know, a summertime, you know, and, and, and uh, 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 fall and winter and spring, you know, seed time and harvest. That's what Genesis says. As long as the earth remains, these things are going to keep repeating themselves over and over and over in very predictable patterns. Now, I'm not talking about the person that just keeps on with the nonsense over and over and over, but there is something powerful to repeating the principles of God or to repeating the passions of God. And I have a particular passion that I cannot get rid of. I cannot deny it. I cannot uh, escape it. And it constantly makes itself uh, uh, a part of my thoughts almost consumes me. You know, the Bible says Jesus was consumed, talking uh, uh, prophetically about Messiah, uh, the house of the Lord. He would be consumed with zeal for the house of God. Some things are just consuming. Some things produce passion and zeal in us. And one of the things that, that I'm passionate about that I cannot get away from is the fact that God has a plan for our lives. I can't get away from the fact that I'm overjoyed that you would give your time again today to hear the Word of God. I mean, who in the world wants to bake bread and nobody eat it, okay? Uh, realistically, I, I'm, I'm baking bread. I'm constantly uh, studying the Word of God and have been because of a passion, but also I'm very passionate to get to share these things. You know, the Bible says that, that God has given gifts unto men, uh, Ephesians 4, verse 11. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, if I am nothing else, you know, uh, sometimes we wonder, well, you know, what am I? What has God made me? You know, what gift am I to, to the body of Christ or to people? Or, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm not certain. I'm not at this moment certain of anything else, although I can see a lot of the work in me of different things. You know, I've, I've been a pastor. You know, I do love to evangelize and numbers of things. But one of the things I am certain of is that I am a teacher. You know, I know that God has called me to teach. I know that he has. And, and this concept, in fact, this Greek word teacher uh, means a, a love to learn. A, a desire, a press to gain knowledge, to learn, and then to, to share what has been learned in a very systematic set discourse. You know, if a teacher gets interrupted, somebody who has a real gift of teaching, you, you know, if you interrupt them, you're only prolonging your misery because they're going to know where they left off and they're going to pick right back up at the same place as soon as you get finished with the interruption. It's, it's, it's just a, a desire, a passion. I have a passion. I am repetitive and I am so glad 
you are here today again to hear the word of the Lord. I am so passionate and I believe with all of my heart, it's, it's, it's like bubbling up on the inside of me, the fact that God has a plan for your life and that today you are giving God an opportunity to put one more detail to that plan, to add one more piece to that puzzle, to give you something, to give you a tool. God called me at one point, gave me a real calling. I know I heard his voice. I know I, I, I heard exactly what he said. He told me, you go and you teach my people how to walk in my blessings. And I've been doing that ever since. And that's what we're going to do again today. I'm going to teach you something today. I'm confident that you will have opportunity to embrace a truth today that can forever change your life, forever change you to be more like God. And if you will put these principles we'll talk about today, if you will put them into practice in your life, then I guarantee you by the word of the living God that they will build you up and give you an inheritance among the saints. You will absolutely be changed to be more like Christ. They will help you in life situations, not just today, but also in preparation for your future. And God will not only give you enough to eat today, but the Bible says we will have bread enough to eat and also seed to sow. He will give you bread to eat and seed to sow today, okay? He'll give you something for you and something for others. All right, well, let's begin today. We're in Proverbs chapter 12 today. Oh, it's the 12th day of the month. And, and again, I know it's repetitive, but please continue these after this month as a life habit. You'll be glad you did. Proverbs chapter 12, the King James Version. Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness to his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. The words of the wicked are to lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. The wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. A man shall be commended according to his wisdom, but he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised. He that is despised and hath a servant is better than he that hath honor himself and lacketh bread. A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. The wicked desireth the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. There is that that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. The lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. 
Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. There shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduceth them. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof is no death. Oh, I love chapter 12 in Proverbs. Of course, I've read it through so many times, and each time it just speaks something more wonderful, another facet of God's will and word and way and the principles of God. I love these thoughts. And and, uh, listen to what verse 5 says. We're going to choose verse 5 to meditate on today and to put into our lives. Now, there are so many other words here in Proverbs chapter 12. If you choose a different one, then please, you know, look at it, meditate on it, go with it. You know, Find your, uh, your, your opportunity to let God be speaking to you about what he wants to do in your life and also be speaking to you about what he wants to speak through you. Okay, So this does not have to be the only thing that you take. But today we're going to take this thought in verse 5 of chapter 12. This is what verse 5 says. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. The thoughts of the righteous are right. Oh, I like that. You know, there are just a few words in Proverbs I really, really love. I mean, well, there are actually a lot of words in Proverbs, but a few of them just absolutely resonate. I mean, just make you feel almost justified. One of them is that that is a joy for the just to do justice. I like that. It is a joy for the just to see justice. Uh, it, 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 it just rises up on the inside of you and fills you with joy. A just man loves to see justice. A just man hates to see injustice. Injustice just washes over a just man. And here the word of God says in verse five that the thoughts of the righteous are right. Do you know that when you are right with God, God causes your thoughts to become agreeable with his. That's Proverbs 16, three, by the way. I, I, I just can't get away from these principles of life. But when you delight yourself in the Lord, when you are right with God, when you give God a chance in your life, when you say, God, tell me what you think. Lord, I just want to be right with you. God, show me from your perspective, Lord, how to feel about this. When you are right with God, God makes himself self-responsible for your thoughts. Now, don't go way off in left field here now, okay? It's not that everything you uh, think is right. That's not, uh, that's not what he's saying, okay? Because you might not be right with God. You know, even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane had to go and appeal to God to make sure he was thinking right, to make sure what he wanted was what God wanted, and to make sure if it wasn't, then therefore Jesus changed what he wanted to line up with what God wanted because uh, he knew that God was right. Now, now, now don't, uh, don't think of some, you know, uh, don't get crossways here in doctrine, but the fact of the matter is Jesus is the Son of God. God is the Father. 
And there are some things that God has relegated unto himself. There are some things that God has reserved unto himself. There are some things that God, only God the Father, knows. That's what Jesus said. In fact, if you've read the book of Revelation, you can see that this is the revelation uh, uh, Jesus is saying, and, and John uh, the Revelator is writing this in his old age, and he writes this, that this is the revelation that God gave to Jesus so that Jesus could share it with John, so that John could write it down for the ages to come. That's right. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God the Father gave to him. I mean, read it. It's just in the first few chapters of the, of, excuse me, the first few verses of, of the first chapter of the book of Revelation. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ that the Father gave to him. Now, uh, what does that mean? Well, it shows us a picture that even Jesus sought the will of God. He sought the word of God. He sought the way of God. He was right with God. He was God. He was the, 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 the incarnate deity, the son of God, the word which took upon flesh. And yet he still said to God in the garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane, he said this, he said, God, if there is any other way, what is he appealing to? He's appealing to the Father to see if there's any other way than the cross at that point. Is there any other way? He said, if there is, let this cup pass from me. He is asking a question which he probably has an inclination as to what the will of God is. And he certainly has knowledge of what the destiny will of God is, but what is today's perfect will, God? What is your word for me today? What is your wisdom for me today? That's what Jesus was asking. What do I do in this circumstance, God? Because I do not of my own humanity desire to face the difficulties that I will face today if I allow this to happen. And of course, he could have called 10,000 angels. He told Peter, put your sword up, Peter. Don't you know that I could, I, I can get out of this. My goodness, if this was not the will of God, uh, angels would come. Heaven, heaven would pour out to keep the, 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 the will of God from, uh, from being detoured in this critical hour. And uh, Jesus said this, not my will, but your will be done. And with that, God made Jesus to understand what his will was. And Jesus embraced that will as the embodiment of the righteousness of God. And what Jesus thought was right. When Jesus said, suffer this to be so now, this was right because it was the will of God. It was the will of God that Jesus uh, be baptized. John the Baptist didn't want to baptize Jesus. Jesus said, no, this is the will of God. You see, because Jesus was the embodiment of the righteousness of God. Now, here's what I'm telling you today, that when you are right with God and when you seek counsel, you need to seek counsel from people who are right with God because their thoughts are right. Someone who's right with God is right. Someone who is unrighteous and wicked, their counsel is deceitful. 
Don't go just asking people for counsel because they agree with you. And don't ask people for counsel who will not seek God's counsel for you and who will not give you the word of God. The word of God is right. Those people that are righteous, those people that are right with God, standing on his word, know his word, their thoughts are right. Follow godly counsel. Well, that's what we're doing today. That's what we're going to pray, that we would have the good sense to follow godly counsel. And today we're going to meditate on this, okay? We're going to take this apart, the thoughts. What do the word thoughts mean? And the righteous. Well, who is righteous? And and, and, what, and what is right? And and what are the counsels? And who are the wicked? And, and, and what does deceit mean? If you want to stay out of a deceptive lifestyle, then don't listen to ungodly counsel, okay? Listen to the people who are right with God. All right, well, hey, Let's, let's go from here. Let's pray, and then let's just ask God to help us today as we determine not to walk in ungodly counsel, but to walk in the counsel of the righteous and also to give righteous counsel to others. Okay? All right, let's pray. Father, Lord, today we ask you, God, to uproot any seed in our life, Lord, of deceit, any seed, Lord, in our life of, of the counsel of the ungodly, Lord, or of wickedness, God. Just uproot the seeds, Lord. Uproot the thoughts, Lord. Uh, Lord, to just, just uh, d destroy the fruit in our life, Lord, of stinking thinking that we have gotten, Lord, from counsel that's not following your will or your word. And Lord, also, Lord, put down the counsel in other people's lives, Lord, that we have given, Lord, that is not right with you. Lord, it may sound good, Lord. It may, it may, you know, Peter sounded right, Lord. He sounded okay. Oh, no, don't go to the cross, Jesus. You know, uh, Lord, uh, maybe, maybe John the Baptist sounded all humble, and, 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 but, but yet, Lord, you have a right, Lord. You have a purpose, Lord. You have a word. You have a will for every situation. And God, help us to seek your counsel, Lord, so that our righteousness, Lord, would give us, Lord, words and thoughts, Lord, that are right, just like Lord, Proverbs continues to say, Lord, that as we commit our ways unto you and delight ourselves in the Lord, Lord, God, you will cause our thoughts to become agreeable with your thoughts. You will solidify and establish our heart. You will fix our thoughts on you. God, we will not lean to our own understanding, but in all our ways, we will acknowledge you and you will direct our path today, Lord. Help us to walk in the counsel of the godly and not in the counsel of the ungodly. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, our righteousness. Amen. Amen. Well, don't forget today, don't walk in ungodly counsel. Don't seek ungodly counsel. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. Don't be deceived. You don't have to be deceived, okay? Uh, God will not be mocked. Don't be deceived. Open up your heart to the right and righteous counsel, even when it's something you may not want to hear, even when it may lead you to something that you had rather avoid. Nonetheless, follow godly counsel because the thoughts of the righteous are right. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow right here on the 13th for Proverbs chapter 13.